Welcome to Big Questions. This is Cal Fussman, and I got a great message from a listener last week. A mom who listened with her son to the last episode, which was about the journey singer Mike Posner went on to write the song, I Took a Pill in Ibiza. During that journey, Mike remembered some of the rapping competitions in his youth, and this propelled the mom and her son to get into a rap competition in the car. Made me feel great that the episode brought a mom and her son together in what I thought was an unusual way. Then I began hearing from others who listened to big questions with their parents. That includes Hassan Rumier, our intern, who listened alongside his mom. And it made me think of a story told to me by Georgetown alum, George Peacock. George wanted to play his kids the first podcast I was ever on, a three-hour tour de force of storytelling with Tim Ferriss. But George knew that if he commandeered the radio at the start of a long car trip, the kids in the back seat would revolt. So he told him, I'm just going to play 10 minutes of this. After, we'll listen to whatever you want. They were okay with that compromise. And George turned it on. After 10 minutes, he told them, Okay, time's up. And turned it off. And they screamed, No! Keep it on! They listened to the end. That, I'm happy to say, is the power of storytelling. All this made me wonder if I could turn big questions into a place where parents and children could come together to listen and then talk about some of the topics discussed. You can go back and listen to the Kobe Bryant episode and hear him remember what he learned about fear when he was just getting started in karate and he had to spar against the black belt. His mom had to push him out on the mats. You can listen to Soul Cycle CEO Melanie Whelan talk about how her mom changed the direction of her life with some advice while she was in college. You can listen to Dr. Oz talk about his father still doesn't understand him to this day and open a conversation about how hard it is for both children and parents to be understood by one another. Most of these podcasts are a great way to get into discussions with our parents and children about deep areas in our own lives. That's because it's always easy to start into a conversation when you look at stories from other people's lives. This week's topic would be about childhood curiosity because my guest was only eight years old when I interviewed her a few months ago and in the third grade. Her name is Eva Cartman and she's the host of the Dream Big Podcast. Get this. She's already interviewed a billionaire, General Stanley McChrystal, the best-selling author Simon Sinek, and many other high-profile guests, and she's quickly moving toward her 100th episode. So many people reach out to me to ask about asking questions. Well, my conversation with Eva is a conversation about asking questions, and there are some great takeaways for anyone no matter what your age. So enjoy. And if you can enjoy it with a parent or a child, even better. Thank you, Squarespace and ZipRecruiter, for getting behind this podcast. 
and bringing our listeners together. You'll hear more about these companies in the mid-roll. But first, let's get straight to Eva Cartman and the Dream Big Podcast. Are we ready to go? We are ready to rock. (laughs) Well, I am here with a prodigy, (laughs) eight-year-old Ava Cartman. (laughs) Ava, you have interviewed almost a hundred really important people. I have. (laughs) And I am wondering mostly about your childhood curiosity. My question to start off is, how did your podcast, your Dream Big Podcast, get started? Well, I think, huh, that's a hard question. Well, when I was in kindergarten, my parents, um, I was going to school, and my parents had they had their podcasts on, something to listen to, like Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, and, you know, all those motivational speakers and stuff. And Tim is my mentor. He's the reason this microphone is in front of me. Huh, so it's that's amazing cool. that he may have inspired both of us. <laughs> so you're in the car. You're listening to Tim and Tony Robbins. And then what happens? And then I think... I don't want to listen to these shows. They're for adults, not for a little kid like me. So when we got home from school, I I said to my parents, can you help me look online for some podcasts that are good for me? And I was only about in kindergarten. So. I, I got to tell Tim, hey, you got to get some more eight-year-olds on your podcast, <laughs> Tim. But go ahead. So, yeah, we went home, we looked online, and there weren't that many shows for kids and definitely none that were done by a kid. So I said to my parents, let's start a podcast. A podcast where I talk to amazing people like Joe DeSena, you, and, um, you know, lots of other people. And... And, and then you, you, we can teach yourself, people. You, you've also talked to like billionaires, yeah. astronauts. You and, have talked to yeah. some amazing people. So this one moment, this one spark sets you off on a journey. What's the next step? You got to get next, guests. Yeah. How do you get guests? Well, we um, search online for really cool, amazing people. And then we sit down at home and we think, which of those people do we want to have on the show? Maybe for the first round on the show, we have some people. And then on the second round of the show, we have the other people. <laughs> so, so we kind of ex- split it in half. Okay. For example, you've had General Stanley McChrystal yeah. on this show. Like, How do you get the idea mm-hmm. to interview General McChrystal? Well, we we look online and we have TED Talks. We look on TED Talks and YouTube and Google and Safari and loads of other websites. And um, also, I know a couple people and I make a mental note in my head. 
I want to search up that person and see see if th- I can I can have them on my show. How do you reach out to General McChrystal? Well, we find their email address, some um, text message And stuff. then do you write them and say, hi, this is Ava. Mm-hmm. I'm eight years old, and I'd like to ask you a few questions. Or is it different? I do it like I have this, like, tiny, like, mini video where it's a rhyming video. Um, and in my dad helped me like come up with it and it says their names and will you come on the show only take 15 or more minutes <laughs> oh, so not going to take much of your time yeah i'm eight years old i just got a few questions to ask you yeah and were most of these conversations done over the phone yeah we always have over the phone and i've only done Three face-to-face interviews, I think. Yeah, three face-to-face ones. I know if you're going to interview somebody like General McChrystal. Yeah, it's you more gotta, like you got to do some research. You got to yeah. know where he's from. You got to know maybe how he became a general, and then you can make up your questions. Now, yeah. So, if are you writing out your questions? Yeah, I write them out with my dad on a um, piece of paper on the computer, and we, um, we print them out. I go over them, but, but then in the interview, like, now I don't have questions. Mm-hmm. I just, like... You're rolling make now. A, <laughs> yeah, I just make a couple questions, um, keep a couple questions in my head and make up the rest. Mm. So what happens in this process is you've written out all these questions. Now, if you're on the phone, is the other is this a conference where you're seeing, a video conference where you're seeing the person? No, we usually, because on the phone, it doesn't really come out good because of the um, quality. So it's, so it's just an audio, audio call. Yeah. So that would give you the chance to have all of your questions spread out in front of you. Yeah, but, like, here I can look down, shuffle the notes, and, like, look through, think, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Was that a hard thing to learn to figure out, what am I going to do next? How do I improvise? Yeah, at first it was pretty hard, but now I got used to it. I get used to it. I, um... I just, the minute the person starts talking, I listen to what they're talking about, and then I just think, I'm going to do this next. Mm. How good a listener are you? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best listener, 1 being the worst listener, what number are you? Well, um, let's say, I definitely have, like, more work to do. So I'd say about from one to 10, like eight and a half. That's pretty good. Are you a physical listener? By that I mean, do you, when you listen, do you see that your face might lean in when you hear something interesting or that your forehead might crease Mm -hmm. if you didn't understand something properly? Yeah, I 
sometimes notice that, but not a lot. <laughs> so you, you got the listening down pretty well, and mm -hmm. you're getting better and better about yeah. that. What about the curiosity? Does Do you think that you get more curious because you're asking so many questions? Or you start to talk to a lot of people, do you feel, ah, you know, you talk to one general, you talk to them all? <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely feel curious about um, people, more people, more and more people. But even if somebody does the same thing, one of the same things as that other person, I, it's still a different person, completely different person, and no person is the same. So I feel interested in every person I meet. Do you feel like you listen better when you are on the phone? Because it's almost like you have to hear something that you can't see. For example, communication, we're talking now. <laughs> yeah. 10% of what is going back and forth is really the actual words that we're saying. Another 30% is my tone of voice. Now, maybe you trust me because of the way my voice sounds. Maybe you trust me because... We already did your mm -hmm. podcast, and you had a good time. 60% is the body language. It's the way I look to you. And so what I'm wondering is, because you don't, you're not able to see a lot of these people when you're on the phone, if it, it causes you to listen harder, on the phone, it's like you can ask, like, what color shirt do you are you wearing? Are you wearing a hat? Do you have glasses? <laughs> oh, so you can, yeah, you can set the scene. Yeah. What was it like when you first started to do this podcast? You're interviewing people who are well-known. They're really respected. Were you scared? Yeah, I was definitely scared because... Um, we also started the podcast because I wasn't such so good at speaking to people. Um, I usually just like, I was really, really, really shy when I was younger. When, when you were younger, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> when you were four? <laughs> when, I was, when I was five or six, six years old. We came up with the podcast when I was five. We used, we started it when I was six. So, so was this a great way to combat shyness, to push it away? Because yeah. you're behind a the mic. There's no way you can be shy. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely um, had to push away that shyness. And I had to... The podcast, if you start talking, you can't just decide in the middle of the podcast, I don't want to do this. I don't want I don't, I don't to do this. I'm too shy. You already started the podcast. You have, to, you have to do it. Because people are expecting you to ask good questions and um, 
and keep going with the podcast. Now, more than two million people have heard mm, your podcast. Yeah. Two, or two million downloads. Does that put pressure on you to make them feel great at the end of your podcast every week? Well, I definitely want to have people like my podcast, but some people give like a one-star review. And one star? <laughs> no. Do yeah. they give reasons? Um, they don't usually. No, not not that much. But most people give five stars. Most people give five or four, but what I think is that one star. It's not gonna. It's like. All the five stars, it could create an ocean. That one star is a tiny drop of water. Do I let that tiny drop of water put me down? <laughs> and definitely not. Yeah, because the whole ocean is is liking the podcast. Now, when do you you have a great philosophy about that? You have a great way of thinking about it. But do you think, why, why did that person give me only one star? Well, I've thought about it lots of times. And sometimes I think, for me, I like to think not because they don't like the podcast, but because some people, some people I've, I know just like press one star because they haven't like, quite listen to the podcast. They just give one star because they want to review the podcast, but they want to leave a review, but they don't exactly want to listen to it. So mm -hmm. they just leave one star. Well, you know, I, I had this experience. This may explain the one star. Because <laughs> I, I was never very good at technology. I'm only now learning how to set up the podcast and get the wires in the right place and put what needs to be put into the computer and send it to an engineer. And what really hit me was a few years ago, before I started the podcast, didn't have a Twitter account, had no Facebook, not, none of that. And somebody told me to get an Uber. And they showed me how to get an Uber, mm -hmm. and I ordered the Uber. And then after you order the Uber, you get a pop-up that says, rate this driver, right? Mm -hmm. And there were five stars. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know how it worked. So I thought that, oh, you, you must hit the first star, then the second, then the third, mm -hmm. then the fourth, and the fifth. And I hit the first star once, and it gave the driver, who was a really good driver, <laughs> only one star. That driver was probably thinking, what happened? Mm -hmm. I gave Cal a great ride. Mm -hmm. One star. What I do wrong? Mm -hmm. It could be the person pressing the stars. Yeah. So you never know. So first you got to find the people that make you curious. Then you got to research them. Then you got to write them or send them that video. Then you got to do the interview. And then you've got to do your voiceover, your intro. Yeah. Well, does it take a lot of time? Yeah, it definitely takes a lot of time. Like for each guest, usually two hours. 
two hours for each guest, and I've done 80, 80 um, episodes so far, and those are just the ones that are published. So I published 80 episodes, but there are still um, other episodes that are being worked on. Like this week, I think there's gonna we're going to do like two intro-outros, the intro part and the outro part, and... Yeah, so it takes it about feel, two hours for each guest. Does it feel like a job? Well, yeah, for me, it it's like a fun job. Like one of those jobs where you have fun, like those people who take pictures of the whole entire world. They So it's not really a fun. job, it's, or it's yeah. not work, it's pleasure. Yeah. Do you think that you would like to be a professional interviewer when you grow up? Because you already are. Mm-hmm. Or will you say, you know what, I, I already did that when I was a kid. I'm going to do something else. Well, I definitely want to do something else in the world. What is that? <laughs> well, I definitely want to work somehow with animals. I love animals, love dogs, horses, cats. Um, I went to Russia with um, my mom, and then she left. So I was with her mom and dad, and they... Your, your mom is from mm-hmm. Russia, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they, their cat had a baby kitten. So I, I was taking care of that cat, um, um, watching it all day. It sometimes ran away, and I spent all day looking for it, and it ended up being asleep in the tool shed or something. <laughs> Curiosity is a great way to frame both my sponsors. If you're curious about what you can get out of your website, may I suggest you look into powering it with Squarespace. CalFussman.com is powered by Squarespace, and I couldn't be happier because Squarespace allows your photos to jump off the screen and your messaging to be clear and crisp. You'll be able to tell the story of your business in the best possible way with Squarespace. So go to squarespace.com and use the offer code FUSSMAN, F-U-S-S-M-A-N, to get 10% off your next domain name or website. Once your curiosity looks into it, it won't be long before you decide that Squarespace is the place to be. And ZipRecruiter. If you need to hire, you're definitely going to be curious about the talents and skills that can take your business to the next level. ZipRecruiter is going to see your curiosity and raise it. It's going to bring you the best possible candidates and get this. All you got to do is type in your job description and with a single click, you'll have qualified candidates within 24 hours or sooner. So go to ZipRecruiter.com backslash Fussman, F-U-S-S-M-A-N, and get a free trial. I just don't see how you can get a better deal than that. I know the people who work there. Let them take your curiosity to new places. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. What I'm thinking about is a very famous 
interviewer. Uh, her name is Barbara Walters. Have you ever heard of her? Yeah, I've heard of her, but yeah, I've heard of her for sure. I've, um, I once um, heard my parents talking about her. And she yeah. came up in the era of the 50s and the 60s when it was almost impossible for a woman to get a job on a television uh, news show. The way it used to work was there was one woman on the whole show. Wow. And if you were a young woman and you wanted to do that job, you had to wait till the woman who was on the air got fired <sighs> or retired in order for a place to be open to step into. But that could take like 10 years or something. You could understand why women got so frustrated. And obviously now when you turn on the TV, you see lots of women. Yeah. The interesting thing about Barbara Walters was her dad owned a nightclub. It's a very famous nightclub in New York. I think it was called the Latin Quarter. Hmm. And so she was always able to hang out in this nightclub. And a lot of famous people came into the nightclub. And because her dad was the owner, she would be able to sit at the table with them and Talk. say, how you doing? What's going on? And because of that, she had no fear of sitting with a celebrity because she was used to doing it when she was so young. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you're going to have that same quality because you've talking to so many important people now. Do they just in some way, I, I know they're still very important and they have big jobs, but do you see them all as regular people in a way that you don't have any fears around them? Huh, yeah, I always, yeah. Um, when I talk to people, I don't have a fear about talking to them again or being around other celebrities like them because I already talked to a celebrity. I think, why can't I do it again? If I already did it, I should be able to do it again. Well, that is a very <laughs> good way to be thinking. Yeah. Also, I, I, um, yeah, I got that. I got that like saying from a book. I don't know if you've heard of it, Harry Potter. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> heard of it. Um, and he did something that made somebody, um, these like dangerous creatures go away. And when they came back again, he thought, I can do it because I already did it. How much of what you know comes from Harry Potter? A lot. <laughs> what like, else have you learned from Harry Potter? Well, I've learned... Um, I've definitely learned that there's always hope. There's always... Also, some people can be misunderstood. And because, how, how did that come through? Well, 
there's this character, Sirius Black. Everybody thought he was trying to kill Harry, that he abandoned Harry's parents to um, the worst character in Harry Potter, Lord Voldemort. And it was actually the other way around. A different friend who was Harry's, um, uh, James Potter, Harry's father's um, friend, um, Peter Pettigrew um, he was said the bad guy. he was the bad guy. And Cyrus, he is always trying to save Harry. Everybody thought he was trying to kill Harry because um, he kept on saying he's at Hogwarts, he's at Hogwarts, which is the school that Harry goes to. Now Harry's best friend, Ron, has a pet rat. That rat, everybody thought Peter Pettigrew was dead. That rat was an amigus, which means that he can turn into um, a person and an animal. So that was actually Peter Pettigrew. And Cyrus wanted to kill Peter Pettigrew because Peter Pettigrew was the reason Harry's parents were dead. This is pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to read all the Harry Potter books? Well... I've read the Harry Potter books seven, all of them seven times, and there are seven books. Um, and I started <laughs> yeah. forty-nine times. Mm -hmm. A Harry, well, you read all the Harry Potter books together forty-nine times. <laughs> yeah. So I started. I already knew why? the first. Why after, you, <laughs> after you've read from one to seven, why read it again? Well, the books they're so interesting. Also, every time I read it, there's a new thing, something new I never noticed before. Hmm. What other books do you read? Well, um, I read Ellen Miles. I had her on the podcast. She um, is the author of um, she's the author of Puppy Place and Kitty Corner. Um, those. Um, and lots of other books, series. And also, um, I read, I don't know how, know how to pronounce his name um, correctly, Royal Doll, and he's the um, author of The Witches book, um, James and the Giant Peach, and also, like, lots of other books. And... Yeah, so I read tons of other books. Um, how much are you able to concentrate, how much time before you get bored? Because we are always hearing that the younger generation, it can't, young, the young generation can't sit still and concentrate on something. It has to, their mind goes to a different place very quickly. Well, I say if I, on Saturdays and Sundays, sometimes um, about three hours, I can sit still and read a book. So you have an attention span that goes arm to arm for three hours. Yeah. And, and what about to listen to somebody? How long can you listen, listen to, to somebody? somebody for? About... Um, well, when somebody says something over and over and over again, just like 
keeps on saying like one word over and over again. Make your bed. <laughs> yeah. Make your bed. Yeah, I just can't. I can't stand it. So <laughs> I can listen to Ava's about mom half is now. laughing in the corner there. <laughs> Do you make your bed? Yeah. Every day. Not every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What are you curious about? What do you want to know? I want to know. Well, I definitely want to know um, more about books. I am like, I want to learn more about how the people created books. Why? How did they get the idea? Like all those question questions, how, when, where, and why. So I'm going to learn more about Books. I love books. <laughs> what about in your day-to-day -day life? What are you cur curious about? Are you curious about boys? No. Not at all? Not a thought. Not a thought about mm. boys? <laughs> yeah. When you look at boys, what are you thinking? Well, most of the boys in my class are immature, so... <laughs> <laughs> I think that they have Ava's mom nearly <laughs> fell off the chair with that one, but go ahead. Go ahead, Ava. What, what are you thinking about boys? Why are boys immature? They always get in trouble. They are running around acting like like they the and they don't really listen in class. They're they just after the teacher says something, they keep on doing it. <laughs> Do you think that it might not be their fault that maybe just the way they're, they are made doesn't allow them to, to pay attention, that it, it kind of encourages them to look to places that they're not supposed to look? Or do you think it's really their fault? Boys just really want to... Be Do, troublemakers? That's, I was looking for a good way to say it. I think you just summed it up. Yeah. Do you think boys are looking for a way to be troublemakers or they can't help but be troublemakers? Well, I know that they can um, get control of themselves because... They do it when sometimes we have a substitute teacher in class. Sometimes it's our principal. They get hold of their, uh, themselves when they're when around the principal. <laughs> <laughs> so w what, is, what is there to be learned from that? Why can boys control themselves around the principal, but say not around the substitute teacher? Do you think boys just want to have fun? They want to have fun, and they want to just do, like, be, they, they want to have fun, but they sometimes go a little bit too far. <laughs> mm. Do you think that you, your curiosity, on a scale of 1 to 10, would you say 10 being the highest curiosity and 1 being the smallest, where do you think your curiosity measures? I think my curiosity, there's always more things to be curious about. There's never, for me, I never think like, 
Um, I never think that somebody can be at a 10 because there's always more to be curious about. I think about nine. Eight and a half as a listener, nine as a curious person. I never, I never say 10 because there's always more to learn, more to do. So what, what have you learned that can help people who are older than you? Maybe they forgot because sometimes we learn things as kids and then we forget it as we get older. We need to be reminded. What would you remind people? Because I know on your podcast, you, you put out messages like five reasons to go to bed early. <laughs> yeah. And five reasons to be grateful. Yeah. So. What, what have you learned that you could pass on to an older person, maybe even about asking questions? Because not that many people are good at it, you know. Well, for people who are adults, um, I definitely think some people just forget how to have fun even. So they don't really, they're not really like, they like lose their curiosity. They lose interest in, they, they don't really, they don't really want to have fun anymore. You know, that's interesting that you're correlating, you're linking curiosity with fun. <laughs> I never thought of it that way before. Is, is, is a curious mind make things fun? Yeah. So when you're curious and you have a question, it makes it fun for you? Yeah, it makes it fun because you never know the answer. You never know what's going to come up. It's fun to think, what is that answer going to be? Will it be this or that? Or, yeah, so... Do you think you might like to solve crimes in the future? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe I might. I don't know. <laughs> I still I still don't really know what I'm going to be when I grow up. But I know that I still want to do this podcast. So do you think you will do this podcast for the rest of your life? Ava's Dream Big Podcast. Well, I, what I want to do is... Um, um, at least when I'm about, um, about like 50 or something. Is that old or is that young? What's 50? I say in between because it's like five and five and five is 10. 50 and 50 is a hundred. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. So when you're in the middle, what's going to happen? I want to pass the show on to my sister, my little sister. Now, hold it. You have a little sister named Sophia? Yeah. Now, she is two years <laughs> old, right? Mm-hmm. And she already walks around saying, this is the Sophia Cartman show. Mm-hmm. How long are you going to hold her down? Sounds to me like she's ready to start broadcasting immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well... My parents are thinking about, like, having her record, like, short clips on YouTube already. Like, having her say about a sentence, and then 
stopping it and telling her what the next sentence is. That's how I learned, by starting with YouTube, then then going on and on and on. <laughs> how does that work? So you go on YouTube, or I guess the camera comes on, and then you say a sentence, or you... You say a sentence, you pause it, say another sentence, and then at the end, once you're done recording all the sentences, you go to you press the button that says edit, and then you kind of push them together to make them sound like a whole like paragraph. Oh, so you started with little <laughs> baby steps. Yeah, I started when I was about three years old, starting all this. So when I was three years old, it builds up to becoming a podcaster. Do you feel famous now when you go to school? Does do people whisper? There's Ava. No, I I don't like to think of myself famous. I like to think of myself like a normal person, to somebody who's like every day just does the same things as the people in my class and. Yeah, so... Does anybody mm. try to make you famous or make you feel famous? Some people, but I don't like it when they do. <laughs> you just want to stay yeah. simply Ava. Yeah. Well, I hope you do <laughs> because you're absolute delight. It was great having you on. Thank you. I hope... I learned a little about podcasting from you. <laughs> and the last time we had an sh- um, interview, I learned a lot about you, but today I also learned more about you. Really? Mm-hmm. What did you learn? I learned that um, when you're, you're being also interviewed by people, you do great. And when you're interviewing other people, you do really great. You do better. Even better. Wow. So you you think I'm actually better asking the questions than answering them? That's okay. You're both. (laughs) You don't have to be nice, Ava. No, you're really good at answering the questions and asking. I'm going to tell you why I asked. Because I was talking to a woman who is the CEO of SoulCycle. You ever get on those bikes at Soul Cycle? Probably a little young for that, but maybe one day. It's an, a company that allows people to exercise on bikes, and they play music, and they light candles, and they have a trainer giving you instruction and inspiring you on. Kind of like Peloton? I've never been to Peloton. You, what's mm-hmm. Peloton like? So it's like a bike that doesn't go anywhere, but you still are pushing. You're trying to reach higher than other people. There's also these, like, you, there are different trainers. You can press different, um, you can press, like, different sceneries. Oh, I did see that where you could feel like you're bicycling in Paris. Yeah, or um, I, I in gotta the city. I got to get one of those, man. That's, that sounds fantastic. My dad loves it. My mom also loves it, but she doesn't use it as often as my dad. My dad, like, wakes up at, like, 6.30 in the morning and goes and does it at nighttime just to, like, be on that bike. Well, if you get a chance at some point, head over to SoulCycle Mm -hmm. and just check it out. 
I did recently. But the, the thing that made me very curious when I was talking to Melanie Whelan is she explained how much if you're running a business, you have to know the people who are listening to you in our cases. And I realized I didn't know who was listening to me. I had no idea. So I asked everybody to send me pictures of where they were listening to the Big Questions podcast. Hmm. And they started to send me pictures from all over the world, Hong Kong and Stockholm, hmm. all these great places. And then I would get the photos and I would send them back an email and I would ask them what they thought of Big Questions. And there was a back and forth between two different segments of listeners. Some people said, you know, Cal, we love the, in we love the interviews, but we want you to tell more stories. <laughs> and other people said, you know, Cal, we really love the interviews, but we want you to give takeaways, kind of like what you do. <laughs> Five reasons to go to bed early. <laughs> and so it really is getting me to wonder which I should do or should I do both? <laughs> so I'm learning how to formulate this podcast just the same way you've learned. Yeah. So can we wrap up with you telling me one reason to go to bed early tonight? One reason, that one reason, let me think of the best reason. The best reason would be when you go to sleep early, you feel better in the morning. Better. You feel like you feel like you can do anything. I mean, when you go to sleep late, it's like you wake up in the morning. If you got to wake up early, you're just like you want to go back to sleep and you just are like tired, really tired and don't pay attention to what you're doing. But when you go to sleep early, now my aunt, she goes to sleep around um, like seven or eight o'clock or I don't know. Um, yeah, so she, she And goes, she wakes up feeling good. Yeah, she wakes up. She has to wake up at like five in the morning. She, um, she teaches classes. Um, yeah, she teaches lots of classes. So she's got to be sharp when she gets up in the morning. Yeah. So she goes to sleep early, wakes up early, and she feels really good. I am going to take your advice tonight. <laughs> I'm going to try it out, and I'm going to let you know how it goes. Thank you for opening my eyes to something that I really didn't consider, that curiosity is linked to fun. That is a brand new way for me to think about curiosity and explain it to people because sometimes when people get older, they tend to lose their curiosity. Yeah, and like some some people, they just don't have fun anymore, so don't have that much fun. They're always like really serious and they all they all they um, do is work. So they gotta have fun and be curious about the world. 
okay, that's two things I'll guarantee you. <laughs> Tonight, I'm going to go to bed early. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to make my bed <laughs> and be extra curious. So thank you, Ava Cartman. Thank you for your podcast, the Dream Big Podcast. And I look forward to your 100th episode, which is coming soon. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the show. Good luck going forward. Keep it going. I really am curious to see where you're going to be <laughs> when you're 50. <laughs> so let's make a plan to meet when you get to be 50, okay? <laughs> okay. See you around. Bye. Cheers. <laughs> Time to wrap it up. I want to thank Tim Ferriss, as always, for nudging me to start this podcast. And my sponsors, Squarespace and ZipRecruiter, for getting behind it. Also want to thank all the moms and dads and children who might be going out of their way to listen to this podcast with family members and then getting into deep conversations that will enhance their lives. Like I always say, change your questions, change your life. And if you've got young children, you're going to want to get together over Eva's Dream Big Podcast. That's Eva, E-V-A. And Eva's Dream Big Podcast is sure to spark great conversations. Eva is an inspiration to anyone who needs to overcome shyness. So please pass this episode along to anyone you know who could use a little nudge toward accomplishing something great. Have a wonderful week. See you soon. Cheers.